No ketchup. No ketchup. People, welcome in the No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick with me, as always. The man did it again. Jimmy Butler goes berserk in Miami to take a 3-1 lead on the Milwaukee Bucks. Cost me quite a bit of money. We'll talk about that. We'll break down Timothy Butler because he's really like that. Then the Lakers, LeBron, big-time clutch baskets down the stretch, cleans up the glass. Lakers handle business in LA and we got to catch up with y'all man we haven't been on since the NBA playoffs start started we're about to break it all down maybe we might even squeeze in if Nick allows me we might even squeeze in a little Aaron Rodgers talk who Go catch up sports talk via Chicago let's go big Nick the quick what's happening what's up man how we feeling man you know chilling see with the action network plug in the back yeah, man, I had to shout out the guys, man. You already know. I got Lou. You see Lewis? Hold on. Oh, Sir, Sir Lewis. Sir Lewis. Yeah. That's Sir Lewis. It's crazy man. when you got to do that. You got to go the opposite. It's, it's know, counterintuitive. It is. Yeah. It is. I got Lewis up there. Hemi Buckets in the corner. I don't think I'm going to move that. That's going to stay. Lewis, those pants are clean. Yeah, shout out Lewis Hamilton, man. You already know. You know, already know how we get with Lewis. Then, of course, he's been enjoying you know, his time off. Got Madison Square Garden down there being built. Kobe Jordan. You know how it is, man. Hey, yeah. man, I gotta, I gotta ask you a question, man, because I've been getting messages, man. I've been getting messages, man. People disappointed in me. I'm rooting for the Knicks, man. Oh, really? Yeah, they said, you know, you can't be doing all that. You the Why? Bull, you, so, Why you the not? Bulls because you a Bulls he, guy. Oh, uh, that's, that, that's, that's, that. that's that's ridiculous, man. You gotta, you gotta. If you if you have a reason to pick a squad in this year's playoffs, why not do it? You live out there. It's all good for you if the Knicks win, man. It's gonna it means yeah, it's all city, positive. Because the city is active. <laughs> you know what I mean, that's more stuff we to need, talk about, man. That keeps the MSG. Uh, it keeps the MSG some checks coming into the to the establishment. Everybody's good, man. What, yeah, what man, do you mean? We, Everybody's we, happy. You're happy. That's the that's the <laughs> that's the company, man. Company exactly. wins. We all eat. Exactly. Nobody so, wants to work at an unhappy workplace. Come on now. People don't shout understand. out. Uh, shout out the Knicks. They're doing that thing. And it's Let's... dope to see the Knicks win, man. Like, look, we, we, I know we're going to talk about them, but just as a quick side, this is one of the most likable teams for me in the NBA. I love I love this Knicks team. Um, obviously, we're big Tibbs guy here. Obviously, uh, Jalen Brunson from the crib. We love Jalen Brunson. Yeah, we no love doubt. Randall Quigley. All those guys. So I, I, I'm I'm pulling for the Knicks too, man. I would have no problem if the Knicks uh, were left hosting the Larry OB at the, hoisting the Larry OB at the end of this. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's jump into it. We got a lot to catch up on. Hey, man, don't let them stop you, man. Come on, don't let. Oh them no, stop I'm you not shot. pressed. You know, I got. I think it's a mess. Like, man, I didn't know you was going to get your orange and blue, man. Go get your knicker. Go get your knickerbockers blue, man. Where that shit pride. So Jimmy Butler essentially opens the game and tells you right away, I'm going to have to do this shit by myself. Yep. He absolutely does that. Goes ballistic in the first quarter. You know what's funny, Nick? I think he deliberately took the third quarter off. Yep. Like, I'm going to need some energy down here to close this out in the fourth. For sure. He doesn't do anything. He, he scores a couple buckets. In the Nothing. second, a couple buckets in the third. Very low-key. And then the last six minutes, 
completely takes over the game along with Caleb Martin, who deserves his love as well. Caleb Martin was incredible. He oh, was incredible. Both sides of the ball. Made a massive impact for the Heat. So, yeah, man, I I, I got to shout Caleb out. How would you feel about the game? How do you feel about the East at the moment? Where yeah. you, Where's your head at right now? So a couple things on the game. Uh, number one, I, I've said this quote on here before, and I've told you, and, and whenever I see a Butler performance, I'm reminded of when Spolster said this. I think it was after a playoff game like two years ago, another game where Butler it just went crazy. And they asked him about it, and they're like, you know, some guys play basketball, right? Jimmy competes, and those are two yeah. completely different things. And every time I watch Jimmy out there, that's, he's competing, bro. Like, it's not – Jimmy's not a hooper. It's not pretty – it's not it's not graceful. It's not like hours in the gym perfecting this move or that move. It is grinding it out. It's picking his spots. Like you said, he took a couple quarters off, but in the first quarter when he needed to set the tone and in the fourth quarter when he needed to shut it down, he absolutely did that. Caleb Martin, out of nowhere, uh, just two-way, just all over the place, whether it was hitting big shots for them or forcing a lot of turnovers, I thought defensively, Miami in the final half of the fourth quarter, or really in the fourth quarter, just went with this super aggressive, force the ball out of Milwaukee's hands, prey on their mistakes, get out in the fast break, and we're going to do our things. Yeah, we're not a great three-point shooting team. We don't have a bunch of guys that are going to fill it up on offense. But what we can do is we can play hard. We can play physical. We can play aggressive. We know that Giannis is hurting on the other end, and the rest of their guys aren't doing shit. We don't care if Brooke Lopez beats us. Right. That's fine. We know Middleton's not going to do shit. We know he can't stop Butler right now. We can talk about that. Um, we can put on holiday all you want to, but there are several possessions where Middleton was getting cooked as well. And I think that they just realized that they could beat this team and they turned it on to me. I told you uh, before we started recording, I thought Spolstra ran coaching circles around Budenholzer last night. Like he really did. Again, just the defensive style that they were playing. Um, the, the turnovers that they were forcing them into, the shots that they were giving them, it was classic Miami Heat game. And it's the same reason why everybody said all year, and even when I didn't believe it, everybody said all year, you just don't want to play this team in the first round because they're not going to quit, right? You were so confident that you put a bunch of money on the money line on this game because you thought that Milwaukee was going to roll in there. But Miami's just not yeah. like that. They're just not built like that. And uh, it sounds cliche. We talk about heat culture. It gets talked about ad nauseum, but it's true, man. These guys had zero quit. They came in the game with no quit. They were down. They didn't lead until four minutes left in the fourth quarter the entire game or however many time, much time was left in the fourth quarter, right? Like they were down the entire game, but they never quit. But just the performance from Jimmy Butler last night, I don't think that we can say enough when you talk about a guy willing his team to victory and uh, just like a true superstar and just a true alpha. So, again, that, that line about competing, that sticks out to me. As far as what I think about the Eastern Conference, it's all flipped over now. I don't, I don't think Milwaukee wins this series. Like, I'm very, very, very nervous about their ability to win this series. Can they win three straight? Absolutely. Plus 125. They need, they need somebody else to show up that's not Lopez, and that person needs to be Chris Middleton, like, Another another thing you're going to get your flowers on is your incessant hate on Chris Middleton because in this series, when there's been spots where we absolutely need him to show up, last night, right, needed him to show up, needed him to show up in game three, and he didn't in either spot. So he Simple as that. 
And for 30 plus million dollars a year, you can't just be a guy who fits in really nice when Giannis is playing well. You have to be a guy who can actually do something, right? Like all that complimentary shit is great when Giannis is at 100% and he's dropping 50. But look, man, there's going to be some games where we need you to put up 30 plus. They slow rolled him all year, right? All year so that he'd be ready for this point. And he's not ready. Call it what it is. He's not ready. Just flat out. I mean, there's so many places that we could go reference in massive spots. Chris Middleton, nowhere to be found. If you would have told me we were going to get third before I put my bet in, because I had I had the Heat, uh, the I had the Bucks under uh, my, for the series minus one and a half. So as long as it didn't go seven, the Bucks can win in six. I had a big I had a big wager there. Then I had a, a money line lay on the Bucks and the. Uh, I had a money line play on the Bucks as well. I just thought there's no way they were going to lose. And without a historic performance from Jimmy Butler, they don't lose. So I'll, I'll take my medicine with Jimmy and do what I got to do. But if you would have told me that Brooke Lopez was going to give us 30-plus, the Bucks, and they lost, it's just impossible. 36 and 11 from Lopez. It's impossible. that yeah. That's unfathomable that you would get 36 from Lopez and the Milwaukee Bucks would lose. Giannis got to the line four times. That's not enough, flat out. I, I, the fact that Jimmy Butler gets to the line the way he does is whenever he wants to. It's truly an art form. Whenever he wants to, it's literally an art form. And you never. And also, when's the last time you saw Jimmy Butler get fouled hard? You ever seen Jimmy get like wrecked at the basket and Nobody, he's falling no, over? Nobody's going for that. Bro, but what I'm saying is that it's he it's artful. Yeah. He's making this shit happen with little bumps and nicks. He's and, the best in the league at getting to the line. Oh, without, question. without a doubt. Him he and Dame Lillard. Yeah, yeah. It's it's insanity what they could do when they try to get to the rack. So if you'd have told me you were gonna get 36 from Lopez, it has to be a win. Middleton, time and time again, he, he he had four he had four hit four shots from the floor and got murdered on defense. Cooked. If you would, it, it's just it's just inexcusable for a guy that's making thirty plus million and in big shots over and over again, or in big spots over and over again, can't get anything done. The Miami Heat are running out guys. Everyone is six three, and then there's Jimmy, and then Bam. And we don't even talk about Duncan Robinson. He's what six five, but he's not. We don't even have to do that, right? So but they play no bigs. They no, play no bigs. They play they no play, bigs at all. And they play no bit. They don't play a big style of basketball in the slightest. Yeah. So shout out to Jimmy Butler. It was an all time playoff <laughs> performance. They were down thirteen <laughs> at the eight and a half minute mark in the fourth. Didn't matter. He came in, knocked it down. Jimmy Butler. This playoffs, 36 and a half points, five and a half rebounds, five assists. Only MJ and LeBron have averaged 35, five and five on 50 plus from the floor in the playoffs. Jimmy is shooting 63% from the floor. That's so it, it's just a ridiculous performance from Jimmy Butler. Now, this is something we've also been talking about. The Bucs are supposed to be a good defensive team. That's like something they hang their hat on playing defense. What what's going on? How why why are the Miami Heat they scored 130 in game one? 
You gave up 20 points almost to close the game in like the last two and a half minutes. They gave up 41 points in the fourth. Yeah, I mean, what are we talking about here? I will say this. Budenholzer didn't give those guys a chance to reset or sit down and think about what was going on till <clears throat> it was already the momentum was extremely flipped. Yeah, he's trying to do the Phil, the Phil Jackson uh, play he through. He tried to play, play through through, a run. Yeah, let him play through <laughs> it thing, and the shit didn't work. So yeah. it's a, it's an all-time performance from Jimmy Butler. The The compete not basketball thing is dead on it's dead on like when you really think about that like it, he is out there he's a competitor like that, that dude is it's it's different like I, I put it on twitter last night jimmy's operates at a different level than a lot of us you know what i mean to just it, it, it's that was yeah i can't I, i've seen 56 point games i've seen 60 point games but that performance last night is Amongst the high, the best I've ever seen in basketball in all my years of watching, as far as just the moment and what it meant. And they needed, they also, there's another thing, they needed every single one of those 56, plus what he was doing on D. Look at those two late turnovers that they forced the Bucks in when they just smothered them as soon as they got inside the three-point line. Smothered them, got the ball back, and hit them on the break. Caleb no Martin's shot-making. I mean, again, man, like Spolstra is different. It's what they do in Miami is different. You talk about all that conditioning and body fat testing. In a game like that where you're taxing guys deep, you got Jimmy playing 31 minutes. I guess they Miami really didn't. Only Jimmy played a whole bunch of minutes. Everybody else was under 30, which is crazy because uh, that was not the case on the Bucks side. But, yeah, I mean, that conditioning, just the way they play, and just that that grit, that aggression, man. That, and Jimmy, that, that shit passes through your leader, right? Like guys see Jimmy doing that. They know what the deal is. We can't patty cake out here. No and you question. had a chance, and you go up 3-1, it's a whole different situation now. Right now you got a chance to do this thing. And don't and let's not pretend like this. a lot of these guys weren't on that team a few years ago that made to the finals. They understand the value of a playoff run. Fuck what we did in the regular season. These boys got to see us now. I wouldn't want to play that team. I don't know who they uh, who they go to next. But I would want no part of that. If they win this series, I would want no part of that team. I think they get the winner. They would get the Knicks. They would get the Knicks Cavs. Winner of Knicks Cavs. Listen, get scary. Because before you know it, Miami's in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> no, and for Knicks real. Heat, and Knicks Heat will be awesome. Knicks Heat would be great. Awesome. Old school rivalry. Old school NBA rivalry. Pat Riley storylines all over the place. Riley coming back to the Garden. Yeah, it'd be great. Come on, forget about it. Why don't we talk about Riley like he's on the coaching staff and, and he's on like he's, the sideline? He's there, man. He's there. <laughs> he's the there. No the matter. He's not there. He's there though. It's he's Riley. It's Riley. It's Riley Spolster, man. Yeah, man. And give man. give Spolster every single flower you have to give him because the man's a phenomenal head coach. All we talked about is again, we they can't score. They're not going to have any ability to score. Like I said, they put up one thirty in game one. Put up one nineteen last night in regulation. It's the it's just the awareness for me from Jimmy as well. He literally starts the game. They, they're they probably down 20 points in the first quarter without Jimmy Butler doing Easy. a majority of what he do. And I think he knew that was going to happen. Yeah. So he's like, let me come out and get these buckets ASAP because we're going to need every single one early. He goes out and cooks in the first quarter. 
Then you got to give props to Kyle Lowry. You got to give props to Caleb Martin because there was a stretch there, in the, even to start the fourth, where Caleb Martin hit a big shot. Lowry got a steal. And it kept them in the game where it was reasonable, where Jimmy could actually come in and then close up the gap from eight to 10 points. I'm going to tell you to play the game, Nick. Caleb Martin goes to the basket, draws his fifth foul on Chris Middleton on that wild layup. On the very next possession, Jimmy misses a wide open three. Wide open. Caleb runs from the other corner of the court, runs through the paint, picks up the rebound in the other corner, kicks it to Jimmy. Jimmy then draws a foul, goes to the line. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm tripping. Caleb gets the rebound, gets it to Jimmy. Jimmy gets it back to him. Caleb hits a deep two in the corner in Giannis's face and then covers up his face. Yeah. That was a sequence of the game outside of what Jimmy was doing. Oh, but it speaks it speaks to the game. They got out, they got out, they got beat, they got out hustled. You got guards coming in and snatching offensive rebounds. Any thoughts on Giannis not slowing it up? He he, he went and got a late and one. Yeah. But so, someone had to step up. They they had five or six offensive possessions in a row where they were it was a nothing it was a nothing. Yeah. No type of no type of calm down set, no type of relax. Let's get a good look. It was just a lot of panic and bad looks. Giannis trying to force at the rim. That's on and nothing comes of it. That's on Drew and Bud. You gotta slow it down. You're the point guard. Giannis, that's how Giannis plays. Giannis has to play balls to the wall, but he's not your fucking point guard. Right. Yeah. I, I again I thought the turnovers that they had late were crucial. Like you could not turn the it turned the ball over in two spots in which you could not turn the ball over because Miami already had momentum, but nothing like the one where Jimmy had the easy dunk off the turnover that you can't have that happen because then the cr- next thing you know the crowd is fucking going crazy, guys are doing this, and then and then it's bad for you. It's bad for you because now you got to go against that as well. So I thought, yeah, they absolutely need to slow it down. They need to get something going. But again, you're. you're you know, Giannis was only going to do so much last night. You needed it from Middleton. Like we need to, we need to put Middleton properly in this conversation. We need to frame him properly in this conversation, and that it was a massive letdown spot for him. Massive, massive. Yeah, he needed to do something. You're the perimeter guy. You're the creator. Do something. On what? Not- on one end? On one end or the other? Yeah, pick one. Pick one. Pick Def- whatever defense, edge you want to Defend somebody that. or get a bucket, but don't just be there. Yeah, facts. Facts. Couple, I mean, some of those fouls were tough on Jimmy, but, I mean, the guy's been drawing these all year. So. You know what he's going to do. No question. You know what he's going to do. Like, again, man, we're not talking about a guy who's has a quote-unquote bag. You know what I mean? Like, Jimmy's, yeah. Jimmy's game is not, it's not the bag. Well, I'm gonna pull in and hit you with this move that I've been working on. It's I'm gonna get the bucket. Fuck, fuck what it looks like. I'm gonna get the bucket. So if that means I'm barreling down there and waiting for you to follow me, because I know you will, and I take up so much space because I'm fucking six seven, fine. You know what I mean? If that if that if that's my little jumper, my little turnaround thing that I got, cool. But like you know what he's gonna do. There's no there's no secret in this. The thing is, 
he does it harder than you. Let's talk about the rest of the series. There's no way they go out and lose game five, right? If they, I mean, if they do, obviously the season's over. But if they do, if they do, you will not see Mike Boonholzer on the sidelines at Milwaukee next year. There's no way you can't. So I don't think this they is lose. why. This is why. Listen, man. This is why you can't fuck around when you have home court advantage for those first two games. You just you have to win the first two at home. You cannot find yourself giving up home court advantage, then fucking around and losing one, losing game three, and now your backs are against the wall. Take care I of business at home. I I honestly I'm gonna speak very candidly here. I think Milwaukee might have messed up with the Giannis back contusion thing, where they tried like he could have went. Game three. It's, it's clear he could have went. Yeah. I mean, he looked great last night. Game three, he doesn't go because they're coming off of a blowout. And they kind of disrespect Miami and think they could get the W with Giannis or no Giannis. Yeah. Giannis doesn't play, no problem. We should still be able to get the win. Yeah, for sure. Just like we did in game two. And that put them in a bad, bad spot. Then they come out. And essentially, they're in a real good spot to win. Jimmy Butler happens well, but that's the type of shit that happens in the playoffs. If you had to pick, you'd pick Miami right now. Of course. I mean, they're up 3-1. Yeah, that's that's a smart that's a smart bet. Of course. Plus 125, you can get the Bucks. Oh, yeah. What is Miami? Minus 160? I didn't see Miami, but yeah, probably something around that, that, that type of number. That's that's but, actually that's actually like district. I mean, that's yeah, I was it seem up three one at minus one sixty seems fair. Well, <laughs> Barkley on the TNT kind of laid it out. Like they're not gonna lose. Kenny Smith said the same thing. They're not gonna lose the next game in Milwaukee. Then they just gotta get the game in Miami because they're not gonna get a game seven back in Milwaukee, right? You wouldn't think. But you that's like you wouldn't think. You wouldn't think, but that's like Jimmy Butler time. Oh, he would love that. He, play, he would love like, a game like, seven. I, I play college here. I'm a, I know I know Milwaukee. I'm he familiar. would love it. He I'm, would I'm love familiar. a game seven. He's gonna go to his little spot. Probably got a couple tingers up there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He sees, you know, does his thing real quick. Oh, I'm coming to see you, Megan. Um, and, then, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he's gonna go get buckets. Like yeah, I don't. I, you can't. Again, man. You can't. Doc Rivers said it uh, after they after they swept the Nets. He goes. The guys told me you can't play with your food. Can't play with your food. It's this should have I mean, been food for the Bucks, and the game three sitting Giannis decision, one hundred percent, is going to go down as a major, major, major mistake. I understand not playing them game two, out of almost some abundance of caution, but game three, if he looks like he could have looked in game four, which I'm assuming he would have, right? It was probably just sore. Um, you had to play them in that. Well, situation. especially being on the road. I mean, you weren't up 2-0. They played it like they were up 2-0. I didn't like it when they did it because if they played it like they were up yeah. 2-0, not, not at an even series. And that's disrespectful. And it's one of those things, look, we're obviously just giving our opinion on it. We don't know the injury report, right? Like, yeah. we don't know how hurt Giannis really is. But a back contusion, he went out in game one and came back. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't that serious of an injury. No. And I, I think part of it, they felt like they could get away with not playing Giannis and still win the series 
and get him a couple extra days of rest. And now their backs are up against the wall and they are completely jammed up the next three games. They got to win three straight. There's no mistakes. No mistakes can be made the rest of the series for the Milwaukee Bucks. Miami got Boston got put out by Miami last year, correct? I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Milwaukee got put out by Miami last year, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, again, all the more reason not to no, fuck wait. around with the. Or, what, or did Boston put they out Bo- Milwaukee? They played Boston. They played play Boston, Boston without Middleton. Boston, oh, that's right. It was Boston without yeah. Middleton. That's right. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Miami beat uh, Miami beat uh, Brooklyn and uh, no, no, Boston beat Brooklyn, right? Boston swept Brooklyn. Yeah, Boston swept Brooklyn. I'd have then, to look it up. I can't, yeah, I'm trying to. Dude, I have Miami. a hard time. Miami got to the Eastern this... Conference Finals, right? Who did they beat? They beat no, they... Phil. Yeah, it was. They it. beat Philly. Look it up. Look it up. It was real Miami. Quick. It was Miami and uh, Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. Remember, that was the Jimmy. Jimmy missed the shot. Is that right? Yeah, that was the one where Jimmy missed the shot, missed the wide open three, and Boston won. Look it up. G- confirm yeah, that. To. Yeah, I got to remember how this happened. Yeah, because I guess the, yeah, the Milwaukee Boston could have been the round prior without Middleton. Yeah, it was Celtics Heat. Boston won in seven. Remember? Yeah, you're right. Boston yeah, yeah, won. In, yeah. Boston won in seven. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying so, to remember who the Heat, uh, who the Heat beat to get there. The Sixers, they beat the Sixers in six. Yeah, and that's when Jimmy was talking about they picked him over me. <laughs> they picked Tobias Harris yeah, over they me. Tobias picked, over me. Like, this yeah. guy is different, man. Yeah, this guy is different, man. <laughs> this guy is yeah, that is different, dog. now is yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, guy, yeah. They picked the, and they beat the Bull. Oh, they beat the uh, they beat the Hawks in the first in the first round. They beat the Hawks in five. They beat uh, and they beat Philly in six. I picked Tobias Harris over me. <laughs> this guy, Jimmy, just... He's different, dude. He's just playoff built, man. He's playoff built. Isn't that what we ask for? Yeah, we do. Isn't that what we ask for? All the time, actually. That's what we ask for, right? Be playoff yeah. built. Be playoff ready. That Be motherfucker's ready. ready. He's been ready every year he's been in the playoffs in Miami. Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. Let's um. Let's Get move Jimmy over some this. help on offense, by the way, man. Get Dame over there. Get Dame, get Dame get to, Dame the to South Beach. Get Dame to the East. Period. No, get, go to South Beach, man. You'll like it over there. Your wife will love it. <laughs> kids, Let's kids, move kids over will love it. <laughs> to Memphis and the Lakers. <laughs> Lakers get a big time W. Dylan Brooks is not talking anymore. Not even apparently. Talking. Oh man, I just saw him. He, he had a dunk at the end of the game. Yeah. Didn't say. Didn't not yelling anymore. He's not doing none of that. None of that woofing, man. LeBron Lakers broke him pregame. LeBron broke him pregame. Told me talking too much, man. What's wrong he, with you? Th- th- yo, you know what's funny? Let's talk about that moment. <laughs> if you don't know what me and Nick are talking about, go on Twitter, type in LeBron essentially went over and talked to Brooks. Had a word and, with him. And there's uh this guy that does that does lip reading. I'm gonna I'm gonna find it. But you feel like it was a it was a weird vibe the way he came over and talked to him. It was almost like a big, like a mentor type. It wasn't like LeBron was over there talking shit. No, no, he's not going. LeBron wouldn't. It was like a. But it was hey, his man. way. Yeah, it was like uh You don't need to be he, doing all this. <laughs> Why? You know what I mean? Like he kind of sunned him. Why? Hey, yeah. No, he, that's what I'm saying. He sunned him. Like you he don't need to be doing all this, him. man. You're doing. You're doing. You're bringing all this attention. You don't need to be doing all this, man. Just play the game. Then he goes. You don't. He said you don't want this, so you're not. You're not. You don't need this or something like that. <laughs> it's so, unnecessary. Would you call it backpedaling from Brooks, or is Ooh. it just like, oh man, 
Dylan. Oh, I think not speaking to the media last night is is a soft move because you have a lot to you, you can't look, man. If you're gonna be that guy, be that guy in victory, be that guy in defeat. You know what I mean? Like right. you got it, you gotta, you gotta own it. You know what I'm saying? And to duck out of the media yesterday is ridiculous, especially when you're not playing well. You should have never talked to begin with, is what I thought. And that's not because, like, oh, he shouldn't talk to the it's just like you just shouldn't have talked, dude. Like it's not like it is what it is. Like it was stupid, it was corny. It was very self-promoting, but like, here's the thing: when you promote yourself like that, guess what? You put yourself right in there. Yeah, we talk so about that all the time. All this criticism, and you're in a contract year. I think it wasn't a smart move for that reason because now people are gonna start looking at the fact that hey, maybe this guy actually can't shoot and wasn't really that good this year, and it's <laughs> kind of and it's kind of fallen off since his peak a couple years ago. And it's another one of those guys that has like the Pat Bab reputation of running around and woofing, but is he actually defending anybody? Is I'm he actually sure. doing anything? Is he actually guarding anybody? Is anybody like, shit, man, I'm in for a long day because of Dylan Brooks? I don't think so. So you bring all that attention to yourself, right? You intentionally go after LeBron. Before the series, you say you want LeBron. During the series, you call him old. Every time someone puts a microphone in your face, you got something to say, right? Yeah. You, you yeah. bring a lot of attention to yourself. But then last night when the, when the going gets tough and they want to ask you questions, you're not there to answer them. So, like, to me, that's a bitch move. So, yeah, I don't respect that. I would have respected him going up there, even if you're going to be all somber and be like, yeah, you know, we got to But go up there and face the music, man. Like, to me, that's very – it's front-running, right? It's great to talk after a win. It's great to talk when it looks like this team is wounded and down, right? All that sounds great, but, again, you lose last night and you're not really a contributor and you want to stay quiet. That's why Dre told him the dynasty does start after you. You probably won't be here next year. Because you're not that guy. <clears throat> Period. Point blank. You was you you got cooked last night. You getting cooked by D'Lo? Yeah, it's a cooked. it's a real it's just a bad look, man. You just open yourself. We talk about that all the time. We talk about it with Baker Mayfield. You open yourself up to this ex, extra scrutiny that you didn't. You not that you wasn't really. You're not really built for. You're not ready for. <laughs> you're not that guy. You like can't. That. You're not that guy like you that. You don't have the game to really. Yeah, yeah. You don't have the game the the to, to, to shit to back that up. And I wonder if the like how the squad supports him as well. They probably think he's goofy. Because typically, when you get down on yourself, he seems like he's down on himself type shit, right? Like, yeah, man, maybe I shouldn't say anything. Now I'm getting cooked. Now we've lost two in a row. Well, what he said, so, the media tries to make look, me a bad guy is what he said the other day. Like, come on, bro. Shut the looks like we're going to lose this series, and now it's 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 a way different thing. Overall, where are you at with the Lakers? John Morant has been competing the last couple of games. What he did in game three was sensational. Yeah. Where are you at with the Lakers? Coming in, we were saying it was the the old classic, no one wants to see these guys. And that's coming to fruition here a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I I told you before the playoffs, I thought that that matchup with them in Memphis was going to be a good one because I thought that they could honestly beat Memphis and that Memphis was broken just based off some of the stuff that had happened at the regular season. Obviously, the Jai injury was massive, um, and it gave the Lakers a, a little bit of advantage there early on. But I think the Lakers right now are just a better ball club than this team. And I don't know if Memphis has what it takes to come back down 3-1. Like, we're looking, it's funny, these playoffs have been awesome, right? Like, this has been some of the best playoffs that I remember, but you look up every series is 3-1 or over with, with the exception of the 1-2-2 yeah. series, right? So yeah. I, I think that the Lakers take care of business with them. 
Um, and I think that if you're Memphis, you, you got to kind of go back to the drawing board and say, hey, who of these guys are we actually going to keep as we put together our team and like who needs to go? Um, so I feel You'd good move about Brooks. I would, well, I don't, I wouldn't resign him. No. Right. You yeah, wouldn't, think, give, you I, wouldn't I, give him a deal? No, Bain's clearly your number two right now. Um, I think you're going to end up overpaying for Brooks for what he does. Like don't you, you need that? Don't you need that guy on the team though? You don't do. You if need, you, don't you yeah. need that type of guy yeah, just to play devil's advocate? I mean, can, obviously, offensively, he's not the answer. Yeah, he's probably a little overvalued defensively, but he does impact the game. Me and Nick, we always talk about guys that are impacting the game. Dylan sure. Brooks does impact the game, but, but not at, at, tw- at times. Not at twenty twenty five million dollars a year. Go sign Pat Beverly then. If you is, need, he if gonna, you need is, is that what he's going to ask for? I mean, if you're Dylan Brooks, yeah, he's going to. It's not going to be cheap. You're not getting him for ten million. Go go sign Pat Bev. Go sign fucking Mike Conley. Go sign one of those type guys that's going to no, bring you there. Diff- Mike Conley's not in that. Mike, that okay, bring, sign Pat Bev. We saw him take the Bulls team and that had fucking zero life for ninety percent of the season and somehow inject a ton of life into them. You can find my point is you can find that by not locking it up to a four year deal for a player. At the end of the day, you ultimately want some shooting in that spot around Ja, right? And that's not what Dylan Brooks gives you. Um, so no, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't like it. And then that shit last night, it really does rub me the wrong way. I want a guy who's going to face the music. Like that says a lot about his character as a man that you feel so chesty that you can call out LeBron for weeks on end, but then when it gets going right and you're down and you need to answer for your performance, you duck out the back and decide to not do media. That's a conscious decision. That is ducking the smoke, right? What what did Josh say? We uh we uh we we, we want uh, all the smoke. We want all the smoke. We, we go want into all the, the chimney. Smoke. We go we go down the chimney. Oh right? yes, we say <laughs> yeah, yeah. We go down the chimney. He said Dylan, we go Dylan down Brooks the was running up that motherfucker. You understand what I'm saying? So like yes. that 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 to me isn't cool, man. Like I, I think again, if you're gonna be that type of guy, own it. Like those type of guys, you and to me it's so to me it's like it's fake. Like that's fake tough guy shit. You're not really, you're not really like that, dude. You're trying to play a persona. Like you're trying, you're trying to do what you think you should do in that role. But if you were really about it, you would sit down at that fucking podium, like everybody else does in the playoffs. Everybody, win or lose, and you will answer the fucking questions. Don't ask for the mic when it's convenient for you. Then turn around and say, people are making me a villain. No, you didn't have to say shit. Right. You didn't have to say shit. This, that's the problem with this team, I think, just overall, is that Memphis almost took, like, a story that everybody was down for and really liked and made themselves unlikable, right? Regardless of how you feel about the Josh shit, right? But nobody wanted to see that. Dylan right. Brooks, nobody wants to hear that. You guys made yourself unlikable, and now you're turning around and saying, well, why does anybody like us? Like, come on, man. And this guy was talking big shit all year. You're calling out Draymond. You're, you're going after every big fish that you possibly can. Right, if your NBA season includes calling out Draymond Green and LeBron James, but then you're ducking smoke, you're not really that guy. He's a fraud, a phony, a fake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to. So I don't it's want the, that. It's similarly to the the Michael Jordan clip from the Last Dance where he's swinging the baseball bat and he's like, "Sign of a good man." Is are they gonna like? Do they talk shit at the? When the game starts. A hundred percent, yes. Are they talking shit when the game starts or when they're down six? Yeah. It's and easy to talk shit. He <laughs> said so it's easy to talk when you up six. Yeah. 
Let's see if they talk when it's when it's zero zero or 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 they're they're a down for a thousand percent, bro. So like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that at all, man. I think that, uh, yeah, I think I think the Lakers, the Lakers win the series, man, and, and that's another team that again didn't take care of business with these home field event, home court advantages. Win both the first two at home, you're not in this situation. But again, answer for answer for your call, answer for your crimes, Dylan Brooks. Show up, be a man. It's yeah. soft. It's actually. We, t- we used to give out cornball of the day. Let's bring that back for this week's special segment. Cornball, cornball of the week is Dylan Brooks. Yeah, facts. corny, corny as fuck. Don't yeah. respect it. Don't honor it. Can't smoke with you. None of it. <laughs> can't hang with you. Can't hang can't with you. Can't smoke, smoke with, with you. you. Can't do it. Yeah, can't do it. Not gonna be able to do it. Not can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> Let's talk about this Knicks Cavs series. I've been in the building for all Love these it. games. Love it. Atmosphere has been electric. <laughs> the Knicks up 3-1 going back to Cleveland. And the, the home court advantage in the Garden cannot be understated. For sure. Let me explain to you what happened in game three. Or game four, excuse me. The crowd is absolutely bonkers. The Knicks come out and take care of business the first two quarters, go into half, up. I, I don't know if it was double digits, but it was close. They were up like eight or nine going into half. They come out, start of the third, myself included, are down in the lounge, hanging out, going to the bathroom, grabbing a quick bite to eat, coming back. And by the time the crowd got back in their seats with nine minutes left in the third quarter, it was a tie game. This series is so emotional and the Knicks run off of high emotion as soon as the crowd got back in the in the seats and they settled back down the Knicks went on a run took care of business ended up winning the game handily down the stretch Donovan Mitchell is an absolute no-show believe he took four shots in the second half unacceptable yeah for sure we uh, this is also something I'll uh, this is a hill I'll die on. I if my superstar is cold, I don't care. Go out 0 of 15 in the fourth. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Do not shrink up in a spot and take four shots in the second half. Can't happen from Donovan Mitchell. RJ Barrett. Has two massive games. Trick or treat, RJ. Trick or treat. When he, when <laughs> Your he, when boy. He, when he plays well, he plays well. When he plays poorly, he sucks. It's, it, it tends to snowball. Yeah. And I got to be careful what I say here about the Knicks. I can be honest. So RJ gonna show up to the studio? Well, he's Canadian. No, man. No, no, he's no, nice got... guy. He's like a <laughs> It's he when he's rolling and gets rolling, he's very good. But he he gets wrapped up in in uh, the mental piece of the game sometimes. Can't shoot. Now the the issue that I find interesting that's going to happen now here coming down the stretches. Julius Randle didn't play the end of the game. Tibbs stayed with the guys that were rolling. Obi Top and Josh Hart. Those guys were killing. 
What a, what a Toppin game. And I literally just put in the group chat, is Obi Toppin good? And the next thing you know, Obi Toppin goes off crazy. So Obi Toppin played his ass off. Yeah, excellent minutes. <laughs> excellent minutes, impactful minutes, hit his open shots, got his open looks. Hardenstein. Hardenstein played extremely well, had eight <laughs> boards. Great minutes. Uh, the, the fact the Cavs have been hanging their hat all year on having two bigs that are versatile and can do a lot of different things. And Isaiah Hardenstein and Mitchell Out, Robinson outplayed are, the fuck out of them. Are are killing them. Yeah. Especially Hard- in the last in, in game four. Hardenstein in game four. Hardenstein in game four on the glass was incredible. He looked like he was seven eight out there and everybody else was six two. Like, I mean, he he was towering over folks for offensive rebounds. He's stuffing shit at the rim. Uh, Hardenstein was awesome in that game. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no. he was just awesome. So that is an interesting storyline to keep keep an eye on, right? Because I do believe the Cavs go back to Cleveland and take care of business. They have to. They're going to be it's going to be desperation mode, and the Knicks are going to be looking for that jolt from the crowd that they will get at Madison Square Garden. If they do end up losing in game six, that's going to be a sight to see. I wish I was going to be in the building. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be out of town this uh, this coming weekend. But where are you at with the Knicks? How far can they really push it? How disappointed are you in the Cavs and, and, and how they're showing up? Darius Garland has been trick-or-treat up and down as well in this series. Where are you at with the series overall? And talk to me about the Knicks and where you think they could actually push it. So I was never a massive Cavs believer to begin with. I thought it was a fun year for them. But I thought if you really look at their season, they were up and down a lot. I think they kind of hung their hat on defense, but would have nights offensively where they just stunk. Um, I think at times the Garland and Mitchell thing can look awkward. Um, And I think that they relied on a lot of big Mitchell performances to carry them through. And when you're not getting those, that thing starts to get real stagnant on offense. And I think you saw that uh glaringly in game four so i'll start with that um with the knicks thing i could not agree more with you that the knicks ride off emotion which i'll say it now for the third straight series that we're talking about that is why cleveland had to protect that home court advantage you knew the knicks were getting both those at the garden we talked about game three game three was was probably the all-time betting spot to take the knicks like there was no chance just not a single chance when you're listening to the broadcast and you can't hear the guys talk because it is so loud in the arena, like the emotion of that was crazy. Then you go to game four, it's the same exact thing. It's ridiculously loud. They're feeding off the crowd. Whenever they do anything, it's like one of those. It's like a, when, when, when Tiger would hit a big pet putt on a Sunday and all yeah. of a sudden the gallery explodes. Like that's what was happening with those Knicks games when it was happening 40 times a game because you're talking it's about coming through on tv it's coming through on tv like majorly like to the point where like i was gonna send it through because i knew you were there like sean is it that loud because i cannot hear the announcers like you know they try to drown out the crowd noise with all the yeah, stuff yeah. that they have and it just wasn't working because you end up drowning out your announcers so yeah and then again you're talking about a tibbs coach team you're talking about in a very emotional group just to begin with whether yeah. it's randall whether it's brunson whether it's some of the guys that they bring off the bench, like they're feeding off that shit. So that's another reason why you could not drop one of two in Cleveland, which they did. And now you find yourself in a really bad situation. If you are the Cavaliers is that you're down three, one with a lot of questions against a team who can outplay you and out hustle you. And you, like you said, you're two advantage of your two bigs 
Allen and Mobley and the versatility that they bring, especially defensively, well, none of that matters if they're getting outworked, right? Like right. none of that matters if you throw in a Hardenstein, who's all work. If you throw in a Mitchell Robinson, who's all work. You know what I mean? Like you might have skill with Mobley and Allen, but you, 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 those guys are out there out hustling you. So, um, and with the fact that, look, it's funny as we're talking, uh, it came out a couple hours ago in an NBA poll, the player, the coach that uh, opposing players would least like to play for is Tom Thibodeau, right? Uh, which I thought is very interesting. One of the reasons huh. is, I heard, I heard, this is what the quote says. One player said attempts. He plays this guy 44 minutes a game all year. I've heard from guys, if he likes you, if you're his guy, he'll treat you great. He'll play you a lot, talk to you, so you'll fuck with him in that sense. But if you're on the outside, it's like you're not getting back in. And look, well, we've been a- talking about that for Tibbs forever. I told you with the Randall show, I said, remember Carlos Boozer? The Bulls gave Boozer $75 million and Tibbs would sit him in the fourth quarter yeah, for Todd that's a, Gibson. That's actually a good example. He would of- sit Joe Kim for Omer Ashik. Tibbs has his guy. So it was not surprised. Someone would text me like, oh, is Randall going back in? I said, not a chance. Yeah. If you know Tibbs, not a chance. He's not putting you back in because your contract says so or your stature said so. Toppin and Hardenstein and Robinson were his guy. Or Toppin and, and Hardenstein and, and, Hart, Hart, and Hart was cooking. And it's like, yeah. I'm not taking those guys out. Why would I? This is a basketball game. So, I mean, if you're Randall, yeah, you got to deal with it. It might be enough, a tough thing to swallow, but you got to deal with that. You get your minutes. And you understand, you've been playing for Tibbs now for three years. You understand the deal. You know what it looks like. And this is just, it wasn't your turn tonight. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I think this Knicks team at the Garden is absolutely unbeatable. So knowing that they have one more game at least one more game at the Garden on the schedule, um, I don't I don't see how Cleveland wins. I don't I don't see Cleveland beating them in Madison Square Garden in game six. I could see Cleveland winning game five. I do not see them beating them in Madison Square Garden in game six. No fucking way. That place is going to be absolutely electric. It's going to be on fire. Now, let's talk about this. The most load-managed team in the NBA is probably the Clippers, wouldn't you say? With their superstars and how they treat Paul George. I'd say so. And And how they treat Kawhi Leonard, right? Yeah. Isn't it funny for all the flack that Tibbs gets and they <laughs> practice and how many minutes everybody plays? No, the, the whole team is healthy. No one's hurt. And they haven't been hurt all year. Yeah. Isn't it funny how that works? So that, I think that's interesting. No one has really brought that up. Everyone complains about Thibodeau playing his guys 40 minutes and they practice. But everybody's healthy and fit and playing hard in the playoffs. Meanwhile, you look at the Clippers, and their two guys aren't available. So say what you want about it. Randall played 77 straight games and missed the last five on a fluke, stepped-on foot, turned ankle. He was on pace for 80 games, right? He was going to play 82, 100%. And I believe he could have came back earlier. But they just kind of gave him a couple of days off. They were, they were locked into that five slot. So there was no need to, you know, rush him back to get him back in the fold, let him rest the ankle and get back. But for for the flack that everybody gives Tibbs for playing guys tons of minutes, his team is healthy, and they look spry and ready to roll in the playoffs. It is talking out of both sides of the mouth because, yeah, we, we criticize load management and all that, but then we criticize Tibbs for doing the exact opposite. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's it's I don't I, don't, I mean I'll speak for me. I don't necessarily criticize him. I just know that's what it is. It's what it is. So I it, like he's gonna play. He's gonna play his guys for tons of minutes. So that's no, and, no matter, and and it can be game by game, week by week. Yeah, like uh, you just saw it in that game. He left Julius Randle on the bench. Because the Obi Toppin spot was producing more for him in that very moment, and he had no problem doing it. So it'll be interesting to see how Randall takes it. Obviously, you know you might be close to that situation and, and kind of see what's going on behind the scenes. But again, if I'm Randall, you kind of just got to take it on the chin. Let's talk about let's talk about that for a second because another guy that left and didn't talk to the media was Julius Randall. Yeah, after a big win. You're up three sure. one. You're going back to Cleveland now. Everybody's taking care of business, and, you're and you get sat in the franchise. fourth. You don't play very good. You're the highest played guy on the roster, and you leave, and you don't talk to the media now. It's a tough look because this was a very this would have been a very easy layup of a press conference. Yep. I wasn't playing well. RJ was cooking. Obi was playing well. You just I trust, praise. I trust Tibbs. You, I, tr- I trust my my teammates, my coach, and you know I, I'll be ready game five. That's all you gotta say. But it seems like he has a hard time getting there, and he can't do it. <laughs> and that that may potentially be an issue at, at some point. If you're his teammates, for sure. I, I mean, if you're, and that's why, I mean, I think that's why you keep a guy like Derrick Rose around on the roster. Like if I'm Tibbs or if I'm D Rose, honestly, and I, I'm sure it's already happened. If I'm D Rose, I'm, I'm definitely at, at, at Randall's apartment, his flat that night. <laughs> <laughs> the flat. His flat that night in Chelsea or wherever it is that he, uh, that he rests his head in that, in that magnificent city. Um, and I'm talking to him, say, hey, look, man, I'm a former MVP. I was great in the playoffs two years ago, and Tibbs played me in 25 games this year. It's just kind of how it is, man. You got to take it. You'll be back out there, big fella. You're still the face of the franchise. You know what I mean? We need you, but you just got to shake it off. So I'm, I'm hoping that that conversation was had. Again, I think that that's why you keep a Derrick Rose on your roster. Like, Tibbs needs – remember when – remember in Minnesota? Even it shouldn't get in New York, you'd have, like, Taj Gibson and all his former guys – there's a reason he has his former guys on the roster. Number one, he trusts them. He was given Taj minutes. And number two, someone has to explain to him. To relay the message. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, look, I played for this guy for a long time, and this is just – Derrick Rose has been with this man on and off for 10 years. You know what I mean? So he he, he understands it, and I think that that's just kind of what it is. You can't take it personal. He's not mad at you. But, again, you were rolling, and it was the right decision. So are you here to win? Or are you here to be the man, the reason why you win, right? And I think that like that's yeah, tough. That's... It's a tough question. It's easy for you and I who aren't in that spot and never have been to sit here and say how you should be. But I get it. You know what I mean? It, it's probably been a tough year for Julius back and forth too because while the team's been winning, it's also like, hey, we're winning because we finally got somebody to come in here and take the ball out of your hands. I mean, that is the truth, right? The reason that you're winning is that you brought in Brunson who effectively took the ball out of Randall's hands and plays great with them. Now, Randall still had an awesome year, right? But you being the man, you being the alpha, you being everything runs through us didn't work for them. So I think that there's been a lot of swallowing their pride if you're Julius Randall, and this is just the latest situation of it. But, man, you can't 
you can't do that in the playoffs, dog. Like you can't to me. Again, it's 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 not Dylan Brooks level of dodging the media because I think that that's different. But it's dodging the media, and I I, I don't like you said it, it. You could go up there and fake it if you have to, right? Like part of that maturity process, part of that leadership process is understanding. Okay, I might feel this way about that, but I'm gonna just go up there and just put on the good face, wear the company hat, and you know cheer for the team. But to not go now, it opens up a week of questions, right? Yeah, puts you in the spotlight. They're gonna be talking about it pregame. They're gonna be looking how you interact with Tibbs. If you lose, it's gonna be asked about after this press conference because you can't miss this one. Um, so it just creates it creates a shitty situation, man. To play devil's advocate, just this is purely just for conversation. I want to get your opinion on this. Do superstars have? Should he be on the floor no matter what? No. Coming down the stretch because there's a list of guys that are on the floor no matter what. Doesn't matter. Six minute mark, seven minute mark. The horn is going off and guys are getting off the bench. Doesn't you don't think that should be the case in this type of situation? No, and I think that that's why I respect Tibbs because he he goes with the hot hand. I mean, you can you can you can say, hey, this guy needs to go in, that guy needs to go in, but it's like, look, we also we're, we're winning now. I mean, if you look at that game, that lineup was absolutely killing the Cavs. They were cooking the Cavs. That lineup was absolutely killing the Cavaliers. They could not do anything with that lineup. The energy that they brought, right, topping what he was doing, he was just out there doing things. R.J. Barrett was absolutely fucking cooking, and we talk about it. He's trick or treat. Well, it was treat. For RJ Barrett in the fourth, in the fourth, yeah. yeah. So you kind of had to roll with him. Hart, look, man, we talked about it when they picked up Hart. You and I both said Tibbs is going to love this guy. Massive, going to love just this a, guy. Just, just a, a player. Pickup. He's just yeah. a he's just a player. There's no there's no extraness. Like he's just a good, solid, smart player, and has been for a while. So we knew Tibbs was going to love that guy. But when you have guys producing like that, now it can get tricky because sometimes these Hardenstein type guys can really only produce in like three minute spurts. And if you ride them too long, they start to show their warts. But he felt confident with it, man. And, like, you got to trust a veteran head coach um, who's able to kind of feel the pulse of what's going on out there. So I respect it because, obviously, it was the right decision. Yeah. Like, it was the right decision. And at no point did it seem like it wasn't the right decision. I think when it starts to get shaky with these second units, you have to pull them because you don't want these guys – again, you don't you don't want these guys to kind of show their flaws – but it was never getting shaky. Cleveland couldn't do anything about it. Plus, there was no Donovan Mitchell looming on the other side because he was clearly way out of it. So I had no problem with it, man. I, I think that that's how it should be. You got to ride the hot hand. And they, that's just the way it is. We're here to win, man. We're here to win. That's we're the, here that's to what, fucking win, bro. That's what it comes down to. I'm not, here, I'm not here to play you 40 minutes because you make $30 million. I'm not here to play you 40 minutes because you're first team All-NBA or because your, your picture's up there on the billboard. Tibbs doesn't believe in none of that shit, and he never has. Let, let's let's go back to the problems in Chicago. <laughs> this is a stubborn, stubborn, stubborn man. Stubborn man. You can go back during those Bulls days. Tibbs is unapologetic in what he does. Paxson and Gar came. Paxson came down to practice, sat down on the sidelines to watch, and Tibbs picked up the practice and moved it to another court. 
<laughs> These are true stories from the Bulls' days. Can you imagine? This is the president of Bopper, the president of the team comes and sits down to watch practice, and you say, "We're going over there." This yeah. man does not care. He is not here to make you feel good about yourself. He's not here to reaffirm your title. He's not here to do what you think should be done or to be PC or to follow the norms. He's here to coach and win basketball games. And there's a reason he's done it everywhere he's at. And if you don't like it, guess what? He doesn't give a shit. Fire me. Somebody else will hire me. This is a man who's been dodging firing rumors for two years now in New York. If it didn't get done this year, Tibbs is out. Remember, for the year, Tibbs might be out. Because he's a tough guy to deal with. Because I guarantee you, Worldwide West and uh, who's my man's Leon, Leon Rose, Rose yeah. who I'm still surprised is not black. Um, <laughs> dead ass. When I first saw Leon Rose, I was fucking shooketh. Um, so <laughs> we'll go down there and probably suggest things to him. And Tibbs closes the fucking door. No, I think they got a great relationship. I'm sure they I do. I think that's why it's working. I'm sure they at do. At the moment, for but sure. But they're not going in there telling Tibbs what lineup to run or none of that. It, it, it's yeah. great until you try to step on his toes. No question. That's what I do. So, yeah, man, I have no problem with it. I love it. And we need more of that in the NBA, man. Let's see what happens with the Knicks. Let's get these last five minutes to Aaron Rodgers, officially a New or, York or, Jet. Real quick, real yeah. quick. Only because it's tied 2-2. Oh. Every, like everything else is wrapped up. Where are you? Celtics Hawks wrapped up, right? We yep. uh, with Suns Clippers is wrapped up, correct? Yep. Kawhi is not going to play in Game Five. Kings Warriors, where are we? With the, now with the news of the uh, the Aaron Fox the hand finger. injury. Yeah. When did that happen? By the way, I have no idea. Some, I watched the whole just, game. Yeah, the, I don't the know. Guy, the guy <laughs> hit the 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 three the and with there was ten seconds left. It's like when LeBron broke his wrist that year. Remember when LeBron all of a sudden was so yeah I don't know when the injury happened. Um that's a real bummer because similarly to Master Square Garden, I'm not sure you could win an Arco or whatever they call it now. Yeah whatever it is. Golden one the golden one nugget center. Golden one or whatever. Yeah I think it is golden is it golden one? Golden nugget. Golden yeah, one, whatever. Nugget, who know? cares? Yeah, golden one, but, whoever it is, yeah, it's a tough place to play. Very tough place to play, and it's I, I don't see the Warriors getting W's there. And this is the curse. I, hey, wait, real quick, is it the is it could it be the curse of E forty though to come back? Because you and I, hey, you and I both went to ASU, man. Uh, if y'all don't understand, in in the Bay Area, E forty is like uh, the Bay Royals. is. Yeah, it's a different. It's just a vibe. different world up there. It's a whole for, different world up those, there. For yeah. those guys, yeah, no yeah. question about it. But so, on the series itself, yeah, I just think it's uh, without well, with Fox hurt, it's dead. It's dead. So I would need to see some more details on that. But I'm very impressed with Malik Monk. I'm very impressed with just overall their effort and what they've been doing. They, I thought they should have won Game Four. Yeah. I thought Golden State was fortunate to get out with a W there. I don't like – I tweeted this, man. The last play of the game, there's 10.6 seconds left. Why are we throwing the ball in the backcourt? Darren Fox runs to go get the ball. He catches it, like, at the three-point line. He burns up four seconds to get back to the three-point line. Steph Curry gives him a little jab step. On D, we're now down to five seconds. 
Then he sees Draymond Green with four and a half seconds. And now he's completely rushed. The possession is rushed. They don't know what they're going to do to close the game. You didn't need a three. You didn't need a three. Uh, you, you needed a two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two would have so, won the game. So, yeah. Right. So it's just I didn't really like that. I didn't like the I didn't like the what they did offensively coming down the stretch there. Um but if I had to pick a squad right now with the Darren Fox thing, I guess it's gotta be the Warriors. But before the before if Fox was healthy, I would actually take the Kings. Where are you at with it? Uh, I, I, yeah, I think, uh, I think I was taking war and this is, you know, for me, this is a shocker, but I was taking warriors regardless. I think yeah. they need, they absolutely, again, fourth straight series to talk about it. They need to steal one in golden state. Um, cause I think that what happens is, you know, you win your first two at home, like you're supposed to, but man, you go up there and you let this team win too, and you get momentum with them. You, you just don't want the warriors to have any momentum or type of belief. I think you put them down three, one. And you just put them in a bad spot, like you said, where you got two games left at Arco or Golden One Nugget. Uh, someone, <laughs> someone, give us the name of the fucking the Vivek, uh, the, the Vivek Center, the Beam the Vivek Center, Center. Randiv. Um, <laughs> yeah, light the beam. But I think now, to be honest, I think the momentum is squarely in Golden State's favor, and I think they close them out. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State won the next two and closed them out in six, four straight. Well, if they will, if they win the next game. In sack, it's over with. It's over with. Yeah. So let's see where that Nets quick bus ride. Yeah. No doubt. What uh? All right. Last couple minutes before we get out of here on Aaron Rodgers officially a New York Jet. They send him over. Thought it was a pretty fair deal. I didn't. Across the board, you feel like the Jets got him. Well, I just don't understand the pick swap. To me, I don't understand why you couldn't just get that pick. Why are you? Why are you? Because essentially, to me, thirteen and fifteen. If you're not looking for a quarterback, cancel each other out. Yeah. Right, thirteen and fifteen. It's a it's a can it, there's it's just a cancellation, right? Unless you're targeting a quarterback there, there's not a huge difference between thirteen and fifteen. Um, and then I guess yeah, I like the fact that you pick up the second. So to me, you got Aaron Rodgers for a second this year, a sixth this year, and a conditional two slash one next year. Which okay, thirty nine year old quarterback that did not want to be on his current roster anymore, and they couldn't wait to get him out the building. I get, I get it. But if I'm the Packers, I just felt like I had all the leverage in the world. When it comes to financial, you're taking the cap hit regardless. See, right? I, I'm on the exact opposite. You it, Theoretically, you have the leverage, but you want to move the fuck on. Well, that was going to be my next on. point. So yeah. you, want to, you want to officially – you've already moved to the Jordan Love era, but as long as he's still, quote-unquote, on the roster, you have it. But it's just, to me, it seems like the Jets were in a situation where – the Jet, it, it's a worse situation for the Jets not to get it done than the Packers not to get it done because now Mike White is somewhere else. You have essentially whatever confidence Zach Wilson may have had left, and I don't think there was a lot of it. It's completely gone now because you spent the whole offseason courting every other quarterback that's not named Zach Wilson and not even mentioning a peep of his name. So you would have left yourself in what people think is a Super Bowl or at least a contending roster with absolute, with a worse quarterback situation somehow than what you had last year because again, you lost Mike White. And then your fans are looking at you like, y'all couldn't get this Rodgers thing fucking done. So I think a lot of pressure would have been on the Jets. Whereas the Packers, it's like, hey, if we keep him on the roster, eventually he's just going to retire. We're eating the money regardless. It is what it is. So I would have said, no way are you getting 15 from me. Just give me 13, right? And then if you're the Packers, you're picking at 13, 15, and a second round pick. So I was just kind of surprised that they had to do that pick swap. It seemed very Garpaxy to me. 
uh, <laughs> that you have to include a pick in there to kind of sweeten it. But either way, I'm happy it got done. It's across the line. Um, if you're the Packers, you got to feel relieved because you got him out the building. I also think you don't need to do him any favors, so why not let him sweat a little bit? Well, what we've been saying asshole on the way out, but yeah, what we've been saying is the Jets weren't going to give up 15. There's no reason for them to give up 15. I think it was 13. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So we'll just draft that 13, and then we'll get Rodgers after that. Packers wanted to get it done before the draft. That's why you saw the pick swap. Like, that that was where they met in the middle, I guess. So, But do you think they needed to? If you want to get it done before the draft so you can start to fill out your roster around Jordan Love yeah. and, and move on, yeah. Uh, wait, wait till you get to training camp and they line up Zach Wilson out there and it's like, oh shit, we really do need to bring Aaron Rodgers. And if you're the, if you're the Jets though, you also want to get Rodgers in the building immediately. But th- well, that's the thing you were going to get him anyway, because he said he's coming. That's, that's why it's like a really interesting situation. It's like, if he's going to come and I'm confident we're going to get it done, I'll, I'll just pick this week in the draft and then we'll get, we'll figure out what else we got to do to get Rodgers after that. Cause sure. Rodgers is coming. So that's where I'm at. We haven't even talked NFL draft. We got Will Levitz. Well, here, um, well, real quick, let me say this then. Now that it's done, right? Yeah. The pressure is squarely on Aaron Rodgers, right? I'll say this. The most brilliant thing that Aaron Rodgers has done, especially oh, over the go. last few years, is convince us that it is not his fault. It's the, it's orga- it's the organization. Yeah, it is. It's the lack of skill players. It has been. It's the bad defense. It's true. It's drafting a quarterback after my MVP year. It, it, it's that, every- that, that is egregious. It's everything but my fault. It has never. It's not. It's not my fault. I couldn't go into Detroit and score more than nine points. It's not my fault. I couldn't score. I couldn't outduel Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs last year. It's the organization's fault, right? So it's not my fault. We got one Super Bowl in the twenty years that I've been here. Only been to one. It's not my fault. None of that is my fault. Let right? me ask you I something. Just, I don't know. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. This is what he told us. It's not my fault. It's a beautiful mystery. It's not my fault. Right? Well, guess what? All that's gone. You got skill position players in New York. You got a defense. You got a situation that's clearly going to cater to you from day one. You're going to feel like the man. You might as well put on the Joe Namath coat because that's how they're going to treat you in the cap in New York. You know this. Right? So you're there. There's no excuses. They're going to play K to you. They're going to do everything you need done. It's going to be your situation. You might be able to call the fucking plays. It's going to be all you. So now, shut up and go out there and show us that you can win meaningful ball games. Because you know what? We've seen you win a ton of regular season games. We've seen you be an awesome regular season quarterbacks. But regardless of what you want to say, you have not gotten it done in big spots. And you've skated past the real responsibility of not getting it done in big spots because you get ahead of it and blame everybody else before it happens. So we all are sympathetic huh. to you. Yeah, that's what he's done. That's again, it's his greatest trick. What did they say in uh it was that uh fucking what's the movie Kevin Spacey? The illusion of the greatest, greatest trick the devil ever played is convincing you he doesn't exist. That's it. The greatest trick Aaron Rodgers ever played was convincing you it's not his fault. Even though we blame every other quarterback in these situations. It's not Rodgers' fault because he got ahead of it early. He tells you before the season with McAfee, it's not my fault. Hey, look, man, whatever happens, happens, man. I'm <laughs> got mushrooms, Hyacintha, and dark room. Hey, listen, Y'all man, it's not, it's not my fault. Well, guess what? Now it's it's time, bro. I don't want to hear no excuses. 
I don't want to hear any condescending press conferences. I don't want to hear any Tuesdays with McAfee where you blame everybody else. Take off the fucking beanies. Turn off the steam from the sauna. You're in New York now. Act like it. You know what? And you know what? He is. He is what? He's going to show up. He's going to. They're going to be sensational, the Jets. The Jets have a whip. We should double down on our Arsenal bet because that's already dust for me right now. I might as well just fucking send you some Wagyu. But uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we can add to it. <laughs> the, the you're, you're in the camp that they're not going to be that good. Oh, I think they could be. I'm not I'm not I'm not in the camp that he instantly like. Yeah. I, yeah. I think they're going to be good. I don't know what I'm talking about. They're going to be good. They'll be fine. I'm not I have no problem. I think they're going to be good. The question is, are they going to be good when it matters? If they if he goes there and they go 13 and four and lose in the in divisional round, I'm not going to be impressed. <laughs> it's only about the playoffs for me. No, it's AFC champ or bust, basically. It's Super Bowl or bust, man. It is get to the Super Bowl. Do something you haven't done in 15 years. I've seen you in championship games. I, I'm not impressed by that. You ain't showing me nothing new, essay. <laughs> Impress I, me, dog. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are going to be very, very good in the AFC coming up here. Great. What does that mean? So uh, for you, it's not Super Bowl appearance. Because to me, anything short of a Super Bowl appearance in these next, assuming he plays two years, is a failure to me. Because sure, you told us, I, I can agree with that. But I think I, I, if I had to guess, I, I would, I would, I lean that there's a, they can win the AFC in the next two years. Yeah, they better. So it's murderer's row over there, though. I do know that. Yeah, you just went to. Oh yeah, and also, hey, look, buddy, you had a, you had a fucking. Uh, it was cushy. Uh, you had a. It fucking, was cushy. Uh, a speed pass to the playoffs every year, playing in this terrible division of the land of no quarterbacks. Right, your best quarterback in the division over your whole entire career has either been Matt Stafford or Kirk Cousins. It's not exactly tough competition for you here. So yeah, you were winning the NFC North every single year. Now you're going to the division that's tough, right? Josh Allen's in the division, right? Yeah. Um, why am I playing? Uh, two is in the division. Um, who's the fourth team in the NFC? Uh, NFC Mac, East? Mac Jones. Mac Jones sucks, but they can scheme some things over there. You know, <laughs> it hasn't yeah. exactly been a fun place for the Jets to play over the years, so they've always had problems there. So there you go. Stay and tuned. again, he's going to a team that told us that he that they were a quarterback away. You don't have to be spectacular. This is a team that, that I think was the third or fourth lowest scoring team in the NFL last year and still won seven ball games despite their quarterback play. So all you got to do is be okay. So if you are that guy, you take them to 12 wins and you get them where they need to go. Because I don't want to hear about it anymore, man. I don't want to hear it anymore. No, no more bullshit. No more throwing everybody under the bus except for self. No more not taking accountability for your role in it. I, I, it's, it's just put up or shut up time for this guy, man. I know it's your boy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think they're going to be very good, but the AFC is very loaded. Football around the corner. NBA playoffs are absolutely rolling. Sprinkle some hockey in there, too. It's been a lot of fun. You already know. For Big Nick the Quick, I'm your host, Sean Little. Make sure you subscribe everywhere, man. iTunes, Spotify, pass the link to the homie to another homie, and then tell that homie to pass the link to a homie. For Big Nick the Quick, I'm your host, Sean Little. No catch on Sports 5 Chicago. We'll see y'all next time.